Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Just announced this morning, Def Leppard, Rogers Place, July 29th. I'll be there, will you? We know Reed Wilkins will be there. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers now. And uh, every time we meet, it seems like the Oilers have just uh, laid an egg doesn't it? 7-2 loss last night against San Jose. San Jose is an incredible hockey team. They're establishing themselves as certainly a powerhouse in the entire league as they should with the defense that they have and they weren't even operating at full steam last night. Uh, again, 7-2, 40% on faceoffs, outshot 36-22 and they're coming home for a very critical homestand. It's Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. You can now buy your PCs from Digitex. Keep it all under one roof with one number to call and one simple invoice for all of your office technology needs. I am filling in today. Bob is traveling with the team right now. I believe they should just about be in the air. Uh, interestingly enough, Bob mentioned in passing that in San Jose, they've got some sort of a, a bylaw that you can't fly past 11 p.m. It's a noise violation. So, interestingly enough, uh, he will check in. Will Bob Stoffer at 12.15, 12.35. Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson, our regular Wednesday contributor. Talk to him about the state of the Oilers, maybe uh, how the Oilers are officiated as we saw Alex uh, Petrovich get hit from behind, leave last night's game. Uh, ask Bob for an injury update on him as well. 105 will bring in Daniel Nugent Bowman. He's uh, the Athletics, uh, one of the beat reporters for the Oilers, been covering the team all year long. 135 will check in with the Edmonton Oil Kings GM Kurt Hill. The uh, junior hockey trade deadline is tomorrow, so we'll find out uh, if he's willing to tip his hand a little bit, perhaps, as to what he has planned. And then at 145, given what I just said, that trade deadline, we're going to talk to John Keane. He's the voice of the Kamloops Blazers. He's also the host of the WHL radio show. We'll talk to him about uh, some uh, risers, fallers, buyers, sellers, all of the above. That come up again at 145. You can get a hold of us on our Oilers now hotline 780-496-0063 brought to you by Free Fallen honoring the music of Tom Petty that's January 12th at the River Cree Resort and Casino tickets at Ticketmaster.ca you can text us 
at 630-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. You think all dealerships are the same? Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford. You can get us on Twitter. The show is at Oilers Now. Bob is at Bob underscore Stoffer and myself at Brendan Escott. Again, pinch hitting today as Bob's traveling with the team. We are going to get uh, into a bit more of a recap of the game. Uh, and to do that, we're going to dive right into the Oilers now. Audio Vaults, that is brought to you by Direct Workwear for product knowledge, compliancy, great pricing and innovation. DirectWorkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. 7-2 loss in San Jose last night. Some of the most bizarre puck luck I've seen take place over the stretch of one game. Let's hear from Jack and Bob on the call on the Oilers Radio Network. A chance to make a good road trip, a great one. Tonight against the San Jose Sharks, who outside of the Tampa Bay Lightning, whom they beat two games ago, is the hottest team in the NHL. Kane redirected home. Evander Kane just centered the puck. And San Jose, a bit of a gift. Right wing Sorensen got behind Petrovic to the net, and he's drawn a penalty. That might be a penalty shot. It It will be. Sorensen left to right, in over the blue, between circles, shoots and scores. Hauled in by McDavid. He's got 19 power play points on the season. Centers one-timer score. Alex Chason tips it home. Conskoy walks in, cuts inside. Backhander score between the wickets. And the Sharks go back in front 3-1. Penalty coming against Edmonton. And a centering pass by Burns is deflected home. Another deflection ends up in the back of Edmonton's net. Holy Harvey centering pass, one-timer score. Milan Lucic from Ryan Nugent Hopkins has cut it to 4-2 with his first goal in 42 games. Wedges it back to Burns. Eric Carlson again, waiting, dishing. Burns steps in, right circle, rich shot. No, off the crossbar. The ref waved it off, and then it was tucked home. Referee never signaled a goal here. That's because he missed it. It was a goal. Horn redirected home. Another deflection. Was that off Jones again? It's unbelievable. It's just a comedy of errors tonight in terms of... 6-2 Sharks. They've got three goals that have gone on. Gone off third the deflection This one might have hit Larson. It hit Larson all. Larson. Carlson saved Koskinen. Backhand rebound. Score. Jonas Donskoy eventually pumps it home. This game for the Edmonton Oilers is mercifully over. Final score, 7-2. San Jose with its second lopsided win over the Edmonton Oilers in a 10-day span. And Edmonton will have to settle for a 2-2 road trip. I'm getting really sick of hearing that goal horn. I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, 7-2 was the final last night. It didn't necessarily feel as uh, as excruciating, in my opinion, as the last time the Sharks hung a touchdown on the Oilers. And there was just so many goals. I mean, Talbot was yanked after allowing, I think it was four goals on 17 shots or something of, of that nature. And uh, you couldn't really fault him for some of those off defensemen, off of Kane's skate, et cetera, et cetera. Tough to negotiate. And uh, Hitchcock said that the chances for the Oilers were there. We had lots of chances ourselves today, but they they got stick on puck, or they got deflected, or they got stopped in their critical ice. So they were in the areas that you score in, in both ends of the rink, they were much better in these two games. And he said also that the the lucky goals they didn't really 
end up being the difference in that game. You can't blame the luck, the bad luck, for the loss. Well, there were some strange goals, Gene. You know, like there was three or four deflections, but still, I don't know. It's hard to... Uh, when your best players are minus, you're, you're going to have a tough time winning games. And so I don't know how many of them were fluky. We looked at them. There was three or four fluky ones, but still... They were attacking our net. They, this is two games in a row where they've just owned, they've owned the red zone in our zone. They've owned the front of the net. They've owned the slot. They've, they've won. They've knocked us right out of the box. They're a damn good team. They, they, they're a team that's really on the move right now. They're a damn good team, and they've, they've owned, they've owned what I call critical ice against us in two, the last two games. Second line with Milan Lucic, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Yessa Pujarvi looked pretty good. I think it was a bright spot for the team last night. And of course, if you uh, if you have a clue about the team, you know that Lucic broke his 41-game goalless streak last night as well. And uh, he had a really interesting little rant after the game about how this team needs to come together as a group. I think I think the I think the main thing that we have to do moving forward, and we have a day to do it here, is just. You know, come together as a group, come together as uh, as, as players, and come together and and and, and uh, play like we like we have each other's back because we do. And uh, this is a good group. This is a group where you know everyone gets along. There's no there's no issues between guys. There's no cancer in the team. It's just it's just about coming together, and, we, and, and we've shown it that we can do that. And you know, it's. It's 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 not a trade. It's not a. Uh, it's not the management. It's not the coaches. It's 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 not anyone. It's 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 the players coming together and 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 doing it doing it together and doing it for each other. That's gonna get us moving the right way. We have more than enough games left to to get it going. And um, you know, I th- I think I speak for a lot of guys that uh, you know this this is a team that could to get to where it wants to go once we we figure out those things. Six of the next seven played at Rogers Place. They're going to have to make it a tougher place to play than it has been. It's 12.15 in Edmonton. We're going to step aside right now. When we come back, we will talk to Bob, who is traveling with the team today. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer today, 12-18 in Edmonton. We do have Bob waiting on the line, and without further ado, let's jump right to it. Bob, uh, just start off by giving me your thoughts on last night's game. Well, it's pretty clear against Tampa Bay and San Jose, who are two of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, you know, San Jose's 13-4-2 over their last 19 games. Uh, and Edmonton Oilers team, you know, every team's got injuries, and criticism is fair and warranted. I mean, the Oilers, you can make an argument, haven't been the same organization since Andre Sekera got hurt in Game 5 of the playoffs against Anaheim, and they never replaced Sekera when he tore his uh, Achilles at the start of this season, and then you factor in the cleft bomb injury, and it's just too much to overcome right now. Uh, Lucic on the bright side did break his scoring slump. Do you think that that might be a way for some sort of secondary scoring to uh, to start rolling here? Well, secondary scoring is a huge issue. I mean, that's that's an absolute given. I mean, that line I thought had some good moments. Nugent Hopkins, Bolyarvi, Lucic. I think Lucic's last two games 
he's been in and he's been assertive on the forward check and his ears perked up a bit on the goal. I mean, Paul Yarby's made some good plays. Uh, you know, and we're all watching, like, let's face it, the Oilers have McDavid, they have Dreisaitl, who probably needs to play together uh, to be effective. And then uh, they have Nugent Hopkins centering the second line. Um, they got to get some juice going, and they got a bunch of guys that aren't contributing. So uh, I think Paul Yarby, you know, I don't think we can counting on him for a lot of offense yet, which, frankly, when the Oilers drafted him fourth, I thought they were going to be getting from him at this stage. It hasn't come to fruition. So, uh, I mean, that's one of the challenges, right? So, I mean, here's here's the deal. I think that the team, Brendan, was, it was an odd trip, right? Like, you sit there, and Coffin played really well at Arizona, kept him in it in the first period. And then he had a tough start to game number two against L.A., and the Oilers just can't score their way out of games like that. And then Talbot was brilliant against Anaheim early, and the Oilers got some puck luck and won that game 4 nothing. but they went to a high-rent district score, too. They were in front of that. And, you know, then Talbot has a goal go in off of Jones early, and the Oilers were leaking too many chances against all games on the road trip. The difference is they were playing the lowest three-scoring teams in the NHL in the first three games, and they found ways to win two of those three games, and the start from the goaltenders played a factor, and in the other two games, the starting goal, they got pulled. So they can't out, you know, what's the identity of the hockey team right now? Like, and I get the frustration for the fans because the fans will say, if you hadn't, you know, tried to build a bigger, heavier team, and if you hadn't done this and hadn't done that, you'd be in a position where you'd be more capable of, you know, trying to outscore opposition teams. You know, as an example, if you still had Taylor Hall here, but, Again, for me, the the crux of the issue is the defense, and they, you know, bad luck with Sekera, but every team in the league has that to deal with, and then compounded by Clefbaum, who I think we're starting to come to the realization, even though he might not be one of those 15 or 20 number one defensemen, true number one defenseman in the NHL, in terms of the Oilers, he's an important defenseman, so they're not good enough in defense, and if they don't get a lights-out performance in their goaltender, it's early, uh, you know, they can be in trouble because they can't score their way back into the game. So what they are is they're a 500 team. They're 20-20-3 with a critical seven-game stretch coming up. Six of seven at home and five of seven against teams that are like the Evans owners, not playoff teams. So Eminem's got to come back, and uh, they got to be ready to go here. There's there's no question about it. But, I, but at this stage of the game, we're halfway through the season. I think we know what the team is. And... It's just an average team. Now, maybe when you know when they had Clefbaum and Russell both in the lineup, they got up to the point where they were 18, 12, and 3. Okay? So what's their record today? 20, 20, and uh, 3. So I think we know where they stand. You know, they're, they're, they're basically won, what, two or three games since uh, those guys have been out. So, you know, they, they get Russell back last night. But they're just, they're, to me, when you watch them play, it's obvious, like, you watched San Jose last night. They have the two highest scoring defense in the NHL over the last four and a half seasons. Those guys made plays that, uh, you know, keeps in at the blue line and got pucks in that that the others couldn't deal with. And, and there was collateral damage that gets created by that extra zone time because you've got two elite offensive defensemen. Well, the others don't have an elite offensive defenseman. Their best defenseman they don't have. And they've, they've been they've been exposed specifically against those really good teams. And right now, San Jose is a really good team because they're 
because Carlson's really picked his game up here. And then Tampa Bay, obviously, I mean, they're the best team in the league. So you take a look at those three games over the stretch. Like, I get the frustration against L.A. I was every bit as mad and frustrated watching that game. But against Tampa Bay, it's just, uh, it's, it's not an epiphany to me against Tampa Bay or against San Jose. It's the realization, the come-to-Jesus moment where you realize, you know, the owners have an average team, and if they got the wrong guys out, they're not even average, despite the fact that they might have, you know, two of the top ten scores in the league. What I look at here, Bob, I mean, do you say six of seven coming up at home? Uh, that one anomaly there is on the road in Vancouver, so it's not as if there's a... a frustrating travel schedule mixed into that or anything like that. Is this right now going to be the defining point of the season? And I say that because despite all of the uh, the frustration recently, still only two points out of a final wildcard spot and a chance to make up some ground. Is this going to be the TSN turning point for them? Yes. Absolutely. Unequivocally. You have to if Edmonton's going to make any kind of run here to get a playoff spot. And again, I mean, it is interesting. They're only two points out, uh, which is frankly shocking based on the stretch. Um, it puts things in perspective. Like, they got up to 18, 12, and 3. And at that point, um, they're four points behind Calgary. And right now, Calgary, who are, and it's established, and this, I know the show's called Oilers now, but. You know, we, we respect your opponents, and Calgary has vastly improved their team on paper from where they were a year ago. That's an important thing to, to keep focus on. But right now, Calgary, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the San Jose Sharks are three of the top six teams in the National Hockey League. Those are really good teams. Edmonton's not going to be able to chase those teams down from the position they're in right now. I think that's an absolute given. So the owners are going to have to get one of those two wild card spots and to me, it, it, the, the next seven games defines, you know, how hard Edmonton goes into the pursuit of trying to change the makeup of the Fords because they are going to get Clefbaum back. They, you know, Jones had a, a, you know, a really difficult start last night. Uh, I thought he actually played okay as the game wore on, but I mean, he, you know, he got had one puck deflected off him, then he got walked in another goal. Like that's a, a brutal first period for him, but that happens to rookie defensemen in this league. But he's probably an option carrying forward once Clefbaum comes out as a third-pairing left-shot option. Uh, you know, Petrovich getting drilled in the boards, not sure on that, but the orders have Benning sitting there. And the funny thing is with Benning is the numbers suggest he's better than maybe people think he is. Whereas a guy like Petrovich brings you some physicality and toughness, except he doesn't have the great numbers. So... Um, you know, we'll see how that transpires. Ironically enough, coming up against Florida, but this, this, I mean, you got Florida, you got Arizona. Arizona doesn't have Angie Ranta. They just lost next months for the season. Uh, they're struggling to score goals, and Buffalo comes in, and the Sabers are a better team. Skinner scoring. Jack Eichel will probably be back to that game. But the guy that's killed Edmonton against Buffalo for the two previous seasons was Ryan O'Reilly. Like he dominated those games. Um, and the owners have got to be ready to play against Florida, but they can put some. They, this could be a stretch where they could have some success over the next seven games. You mentioned Vancouver, and the Canucks have played a firm, hard, competitive game against Edmonton, and the owners have, have not been able to deal with it. And they've got better goaltending. Jacob Markstrom has outplayed Miko Koskin in both those games. So then uh, we're not sure where Elias Peterson. Is going to be at. You know, is he ready to come back on stage? I have no idea, but clearly Vancouver's a different team without him. 
hundred percent. It's it's now or never here over the next uh, two weeks for the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. Last one for you here, Bob. Before we let you go, we saw Petrovic get hit uh, from behind. He left the game. Uh, certainly looking like an upper body issue there. Any update on him? No, no update whatsoever. Sorry, I won't. Uh, we won't have anything till tomorrow morning. I, I got no. I, I mean, other than the fact why I wasn't called a penalty. Uh, but unfortunately, in the National Hockey League, that's a, a far too common. Uh, you know, I mean, Zach Cassie can sit there and reaches in and hooks a guy 200 feet from the goal and nobody gets hurt, no harm, no foul, that's a penalty. But a guy gets driven uh, in the board's face first, no call. I, I, you know, I really always get the National Hockey League at times. So, it's, you know, it's a fast game, it's a difficult game to officiate. Edmonton certainly didn't lose last night because of a non-call against Petrovich. I mean, the Oilers were second best in virtually every regard, especially in the critical areas of the ice. Like, they just... They weren't beating that San Jose team last night. The San Jose did not have Justin Braun, and they did not have Mark Edward Plastic, albeit Plastic's having a difficult season. So that's two of their top four defenses. But in the last two games against the Sharks, that combination of Carlson and Burns just obliterated them and showed them how much work Edmonton still has to do to improve their roster. Appreciate the time, Bob. Safe travels home. We'll see you tomorrow. Have fun with the show today, Brendan. Craig Simpson coming up at 12.35. Right now, we're off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwin. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.